the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Well, welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are kicking off. He just told me show number 90. 90th show, Dr. 90th Mark. show. Yeah. yeah, they said we wouldn't last two. Time passes, yeah, doesn't I'm it? I'm telling you. I'm telling and not you. not only that, can you believe it's nearly August? Yeah, it's well, I can believe it when I feel the heat outside. It's yeah. pretty amazing. The Central Florida schools start in 12 days. Yeah, we have start a calendar back. on the uh, refrigerator yeah. Yeah. with all the different activities and and school starting. Yeah. I'm like, man, that that came fast. It did. I don't know what happened to summer, but I was in the mall Saturday. Mm-hmm. I could not believe the family shopping for back to school stuff. Well, at least it's nice and cool in there too, that's right? right? That's that, right. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Now, yeah, we're getting ready to get back to school. I don't know. There weren't, uh, you know, travel picked up. I I didn't really do anything. We didn't do yeah. any traveling, but I don't know. Probably yeah. make up for it when it uh, yeah. when the kids get in school. I didn't, but my uh, kids did quite a bit of traveling this yep. summer. So. Yep, I know a lot of people yeah. did. Yeah. A lot of people did. Well, there was some uh, breaking news today. We want to talk about a yes. couple of things, right? Uh, and then some Orlando specific yeah. uh, business changes. Right, I think be worth worth covering. Sure. Well, if you recall, last week we talked about the telemedicine payments that are equal to the office visits right. ending in December of this year. Right. And so with yeah, with the pandemic, right. The, right. the you know, state by state and then yeah. federally they said that the insurance companies yeah. had to pay right. for these virtual visits. Even though visits. the public health emergency has been extended, they were going to end the they telehealth. They were end this, right? Yeah. But, and, and, we talked, we, and last week, we what did said, we say? I mean, our pro- prognostication is perfect. Yep. They have now extended it to the end of 2024, Dr. Mark. Yep, which is great. Except for, you know, what I had said before the show, you know, why are we just, you know, ticking it along? It needs to stick because if nothing else, when you look at the increased number of mental health visits, you know, we talk about access, access, access. When we're talking about health care, what's one of the biggest problems we have? And that is people's access to their health care. Access and and health parity. Yep. Yep. I mean, and disparity. Disparity. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely directly addressing that in an incredibly easy way. Yeah. It didn't cost anything. Yeah, that's right. In fact, it saved money, you know, so you're saving yeah. bricks and mortar. Oh, it in definitely some saves money. And yeah. and it just makes sense. So I don't, I don't know if, uh, you know, the next time we sit down with our senators and congressmen and talk about this, it, it makes perfect sense to just make this part of the Absolutely. landscape going forward. Absolutely. And, you know, even though mental health today is 80% of that is, is uh, uh, telehealth. Yeah, you 80% still, of telehealth 80% is mental, of, mental health. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but the other piece is most primary care physicians have worked a half a day or so of, of telehealth sure. into their 
uh, schedules each week now. Yeah, well, even yeah. even some of the specialists, some yeah. of the surgeons, specialists they'll too. set yeah. it up where yeah. they can do not the first post-op necessarily. You know, we had talked about in surgery how many clients need that first post-op visit. If they're not having any problems, mm-hmm. you know, they come to your office, you see them for 30 seconds. How's everything going? It's going great. Let me see the incision. That ah, looks great. Okay, see you later. And they feel like, man, you know, why did I even do that? Yeah. Now, that's all part of the there's not a charge for that. It's part right, of that right, bundled right. package. Yeah, it's part that they of the, get. the deal. But, but yeah. it takes time out of, of their, their day, yeah. and it takes time out of the doctor's day. Yeah. It takes travel time. Right. So, so I, I remember that there was a, a paper that was being presented by a resident to mm-hmm. a group of pediatric surgeons, mm-hmm. and they looked at at a certain set of pretty simple operations like hernias mm-hmm. and whatnot. Okay, and they compared the idea of having no follow up to having okay. follow up. Okay. And I was pretty sure that these older gentlemen were going to rush the stage and grab this this resident and throw him out because his conclusion was that we didn't need to have right. follow up. Right. And so the attitude then was was very selfish. It was about well, you know, that's how I get my feedback, and you know, this is I went into this to help people, and yeah. I want to see what I yeah. did. Well, there's a lot of I I I in that of statement, course. of course. So really, this is that was the next step. Now this right. this is the best of both worlds. Right. You have a visit. But it's on somebody's cell phone. You know, I mean, I know some yeah. of my visits. Well, people let me are, ask you this, you know, Dr. Walking Mark, around. If you've operated on a child mm-hmm. and you're going to let's say that you do do the follow up telephonic, you know, telehealth. Yep. Yep. Can you see whether there's redness there and are, uh, you know, in the in the, you know, it, FaceTime? It, it's absolutely variable. Okay. Because everybody okay. has that would be the issue. Yeah, right. That, that would be an issue. Yeah. Okay. But but when somebody just says, yeah, everything. They they can look at it and say no soreness, it looks great, no I feel great, yeah. everything's good, and I, I think in a lot of straightforward cases, you it's could the avoid right, right that way visit. to go. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, when when you come to think about dermatology, most if you have something removed and they put a couple stitches in, they don't care if you come back or not. There's no follow up right. until your next six month or yearly annual. Yeah, uh, yeah. Physical. Yep. No, yeah. it's a lot of folks will. Yeah. And and it's more common in the adult side, mm-hmm. but telehealth. I mean, there's there's ups and downsides to all these things, but in telehealth, it's just mm-hmm. it's easy. Yeah, it, it's yep. it's literally yeah. the the piece that we were looking for when you didn't want to just shut right. it down. Right. And and for some of those follow ups, you can even use physician extenders. Yes. And what you're doing is, I have a lot of patients that just didn't come to the follow up, mm-hmm. and perhaps if they had a telehealth option, they would have at least been there. And then if there was a problem that they didn't recognize as a problem, yeah. but but you could at we least did, touch base. With we can say, okay, yeah. no, actually, right. you need to get in here, and uh, yeah, right. let's do this right. quick. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, a second thing that uh, a big announcement breaking is Humana, right. the second largest Medicare Advantage, meaning Medicare HMO uh, plan in the country, is going to reorganize is part of a billion-dollar value creation plan. Right. So the whole point of this mm-hmm. is they're trying to – I mean, they say they come right out and say it. They're trying to increase earnings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what the, the nuts and bolts of that are, but when there's a reorganization, yeah. um, there's usually a number of things they're looking for. But when it's, right. when it's insurance and health care, and, yeah. and this is basically Medicare. It, it, it is I completely, mean, Medicare. completely Medicare yeah. advantage. That's right. That's I, right. you know, okay. Well, they've got, Humana's got 5.1 million Medicare lives in America. Right. They're number two compared to United, which mainly is AARP with 6.9 million. Right. So pretty close. Pretty close. But, you know, it's interesting. Those two plans alone, United and Humana, represent over 20% of all 63 million Medicare beneficiaries in America today. Right. 
And that's that's the just the advantage plans. That's yeah, it, just, just the, Medicare just the, Advantage. Yeah, right. And and the part that they claim that it's to uh, help our company become more simplified and more agile. But in reality, it's all about profits. Doctor. Well, Mark. I mean, if they think there's yeah. a lot of administrative costs yeah. that that need to be you know trimmed down, well, that's great. Yeah. But when that bottom line just yeah. goes to profit yeah. and doesn't yeah. go back to the system, you know, I know it's a, it's a it's a company, you know, and they're trying to try to try and meet meet these numbers. Sure. But at the end of the day, we keep coming back to the idea that healthcare is too expensive. Yep. That we can't afford Medicare. Right. You know, we're gonna we're gonna run out of coverage and money. Yep. So this is a perfect idea of okay, if you're gonna tell me that you can cut your administrative costs by a billion dollars. Right. Okay, right. that's great. So right. let's give that back to the system. Well, in the second quarter of this year. Humana had g- generated revenue of almost $24 billion and made a billion in profit. Now, do you need to make a billion dollars every three months off of Medicare when the Medicare trust fund is right. just about depleted today? Apparently, you need to make $1.25 because that's, that's what they're shooting for now, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean you know, it just makes yeah, no sense. No. Well, I, again, everything is fair in business, but not in medicine. Exactly. And and whenever I talk to docs that that are dealing with whether it's a hospital or a, a outpatient center of some sort and they're surprised because the administration did something that wasn't to the physician's best interest. Okay. I kind of like look at him and go like what did you expect? Exactly. Because literally med- medical providers are the only ones that are expected to treat everybody the right way. Exactly. And whereas in business you're expected to kind of get the screws put on, or right? you don't stay in business right. if you don't provide a good product. Right, but what's I mean, what's what's that's a real problem, especially mm-hmm. so now we've got businesses that aren't fast food joints; they're medical businesses. Yep. So th- I think the line has to be drawn further towards the medical business. Medical businesses need to be more responsible, just like these providers have to be responsible. Yes. And that is not the way – it's not the way it plays out at all. Yeah, not at all. Well, you know, when you look at uh, what the numbers really are, Dr. Mark, you got uh, 63 million Medicare. You got 80 million Medicaid, CHIP, and the Children's Health Insurance Plan and those programs. So basically half of America is already on some type of a government-subsidized health plan. Right, right. And yet – we're moving from this year. We're tracking at four point eight trillion dollars. Right, moving to between seven and eight trillion by the end of the decade. Where does it stop in reining in these profits off of government taxpayers' dollars? Well, I'd have to imagine that if we look at that private, the other, the other sector, the private sector, mm-hmm. that the profits are larger. I mean, I, I would have to imagine that, actually that it's three to five percent in the in the private. Three to five percent of what? Three three to five percent of revenue in the profits on the uh, private insurance okay. market. Well, but yeah. that's again, how do you play with the numbers? Right, 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 you right. Know. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it, it it is a big deal. But at, at the same time, when those government programs, you know, they smell a lot like socialized medicine. Yep. And, well, it's single and, payer and it system, should, right? Really. It should yeah. be. It should be. But what they've done is they brought in these private groups into that process. They brought right. in the Humanas and the Uniteds, yep. Yep. and they are making profit. Sure, right? Yeah, they and, are. And and yep. that's where you know the 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 providers once again the providers are locked down 
to what they're allowed to make. Right. And their overhead is really, really driven well, out by what all these yeah. groups, what they, what they have to do, what you have to document, what you have to put in a certain you know, way. And so the overhead is created by the same people that pay them, you know, whether it's a right. government fund or a private fund. And so we, yeah. we can't trim the fat there. Right. But, you know, in the health insurance industry and in the, any insurance industry, the risk should be proportional to the profits. Or maybe I should say that the other way. The profits should be proportional to the risk, Dr. Mark. And when you look at Humana's 5 million lives, they're not at risk for any of those lives. No. They pass them on to a Medicare services organization, an MSO, where they allocate 84 83%. They take 16, 17% off the top. And, now, their, and their entire job is marketing and administration. That's right. That's, That's right. 100%. So if they want to yeah. spend more on marketing to drive greater market share, yeah. and now they're going to decrease their cost of administration, right. will up their profit. That's right. And a government funded group, but that money isn't yeah. going to yeah. the government. But isn't the purpose of a, of a single payer tax system in America based on income tax from Americans, the purpose of trying to reduce those profits. Well, 100%. I mean, the, the whole and, purpose yeah. of trying to argue yeah. for a single payer is to cut costs. To now, cut costs. But yeah. a lot of people would argue that it won't work, right? right. right. And that, that we'll suffer in quality. And, and we certainly see we suffer in customer service. And the quality issue yeah. is a big issue. Yeah. No question. But, but to the but to my discussion before was that half of the country's doing it already, and they're not mm-hmm. doing it well. Right, right. All right, when we come back... We've We're got some about. breaking news uh, coming in here in locally in Orlando. Local. Yep, that's yep. right. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. We're in the studio talking all things healthcare. We're going to talk a little bit about some local uh, things that were just uh, just in the news today, wasn't it? Right, Dr. Mark. We've got a couple things. Uh, UCF is planning to expand their College of Nursing uh, to the tune of about 90,000 square feet right. uh, out in the Lake Nona community. Right, and they're talking about more students, right? Starting yes. Increasing well, the, their student the, load, too. The state gave them $29 million right. to build a uh, – they, they still need to raise $35 million 
before they can break ground. Okay. So they're going to have a fundraiser coming up pretty soon to raise that other $35 million. Hmm. But also in the state budget, Governor DeSantis allocated another $125 million towards nursing education as this program gets going. And the whole concept is... 85% of nurses that graduate from the UCF School of Nursing stay in the community. Right, right. No, that's, that's a good that's, thing. That's a great thing. That's a, that's good a great thing. thing. And so they feel that if they can get this additional space, they can add another 150 additional graduates to their program. Well, I tell you, I mean, we've talked about the nursing shortage that yes. was really brought to the to a real breaking point with COVID, mm-hmm. and then the issues with you know looking at ratios between the nurses and how many patients they're covering. So yep. one of the answers is definitely educating more nurses and no, putting no more question. in the pipeline. No, no yep. question. Right. I mean, the other answer is going to be some oversight to make sure that we're yep. utilizing them in the right way. And you know it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, it'll be nice to add another uh, building out there yeah. to the uh, to Lake Nona. That Lake Nona area has just gone crazy. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I mm-hmm. I do know I have talked to a few of the uh, nursing faculty at mm-hmm. UCF, and uh, you know a lot of them are, are a little uh, bent out of shape about having to make that that hike out to to Nona to Lake Nona. That's a yeah. real change after well, you've been you doing know, something for a lot of years. Well, you know, there's a second piece of this uh, aside from adding more nurses to the pipeline and particularly in the education, right. the nursing unions feel like, well, that's only one part of the fix. They mm-hmm. feel that the fix of the staffing and the environment of working in a hospital, particularly a floor nurse. And as you mentioned earlier, patient nurse ratio is really a big issue. Well, it is, but, yep. but that's, that's the only way to fix that issue because you can't yep. make fewer patients. Right. 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 So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the the voice of how they might have stated that might be might be confusing. But but clearly, yeah, that's a problem. Yep. But give me another yep. give me another example of how to fix that problem. Yeah. I mean, are they just saying we need to pay the nurses that are there more so they work more? I don't I don't I don't see any other way yeah. to address this without. Well, nurses pay nurses. is already an average for an RN seventy eight thousand dollars a year. Right. That's pretty strong. Yeah, unless you live in uh, Los Angeles, then it's a whole lot more. It's probably 150. But, but their cost of living is crazy. Yeah. yeah. But I, but I think this is just one thing, Doctor Mark, that uh, UCF's program is going to do to try and increase our nursing and right. Im- improve our nursing shortage in yeah, this and, community. And there's a there's a lot of the uh, the two year programs that are out there that are mm-hmm. just pumping people through. Yes. And for for better or for worse, uh, but but the UCF program is a bachelor's program. Right. Right. It's it is. Four it's a four year nursing RN program. And, yeah, you know, while I, when I said that 85 percent of these graduates stay in Florida, 57 percent of their graduates stay in the six county central Florida area. Well, it makes sense, because, I mean, if yeah. you look at the population, yeah. Yeah. that's where the big hospitals are. Right. That's where the population rests. Right. And, you know, it's uh, I mean, it's a good thing whenever I mean, that's pretty much true in all the levels of education. I mean, we, we see the mm-hmm. same thing. With residents and right, med students, right, right. like you're the best way to attract people back to the area is to have them some some of the some part of their education to be in that area, right. and that that gives them a level of comfort and, and right. community, and that that works. It absolutely works. Yeah. Well, you know, when we were looking at the the partnership that we have with our organization with UCF College of Medicine, at one point in time, only ten percent of medical graduates from UCF stayed in the community. Wow. No kidding. That's a uh, low of, number. Of their, of, of their, their, of their yeah, med school? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. but that, I mean. Of course, that, they got to go into fellowships no, yeah, too. Right, right, right. That wasn't really a fair number because at that okay. time, most of them hadn't finished yeah, their residencies. That. Yeah. Yeah, because they had not, they had not put forth that many classes, so they don't have that right. many alums yet. Right. So I don't think any stats 
you know, and, and, and now with them having more residencies, mm-hmm. they're going to be looking not at that, you know, 150 medical students per year and where they go, right. but how about all these different residency programs and, and where do they stay? Because that is actually a, a more tight connection is where you do your residency. Okay. Uh, because because that's your next move. Then right? you build your relationships. Because yeah, you there. may not you may not go back to where you went to co- went to college or went right, to med school. Right. But but it's it's all in there. It all, it all plays out. But the residency thing is yeah. yeah the residency thing is know, really strong. I know you have a connection. daughter out in California, right? right. In right, her right. residency. Yep, exactly. She's probably. I think she's in San Francisco area. Um, yeah, outside of, outside of Oakland, outside of Oakland, small towns okay, outside yeah. Oakland. And I'm sure she's going to build those relationships oh, and yeah. may end up staying in the West Coast. Or she did. She yeah. said she said that she really likes it out there, but mm-hmm. she's not crazy about California per or the se. Cost. <laughs> right, and so yeah. she's investigating other other states out in the in the mm-hmm. West. And so, uh, you know, I'll always try to get her to come yeah. back. But she was completely educated in the North. Right. In, That's you know, right. North, That's so right. so That's Virginia right. and Pennsylvania. Yeah, okay. So, so you know, it, it, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But, but uh, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of things that go into play there for sure. Excellent. Well, uh, you know, a second thing that's actually just been announced in Orlando is that Scion Health, under the name of an Upshot Medical Center, is actually being built as we speak at 1724 North Mills Avenue, which is 1792 in uh, Orange Park area. Yeah, that's uh, I can almost walk to there. You've um, seen it. Yeah. Well, interestingly, I was mm-hmm. looking at that plot some years ago uh-huh. with another developer mm-hmm. because it was always cited to be some type of medical facility. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's where the fresh market is. It's that yeah, that, that, I know exactly yeah, where it is. Yeah, and, that whole area and, is growing like crazy. Right. So, so that that piece of property has gotten through a lot of different changes Uh and so like the original developers ended out short selling it Mm -hmm. and then they developed it out where it wasn't and it sat those two plots where this Mm -hmm. this building's going that upshot is putting in Mm -hmm. it is it's been empty for at least a decade right and so now they're building it i've got the cranes ninety thousand square foot six-story building yep they're going to have offices they're going to have it's going to be two things. It's going to be a rehab mm-hmm. and a skilled nursing facility. Right. 64 beds to start with, about half and half uh, acute care beds, and, and then the other half long-term care right. beds. Yeah, I think one of the buildings, gonna, they, they actually were pushing uh, for office space, selling office space. Okay. So I, I suspect that they're going to have some, some work there. But, but yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm not sure what market that's going to serve. I know that uh, didn't Florida Hospital, they had a... Uh, they, they had, had a specialty hospital. A specialty hospital. Could, the whole purpose of this is to work with both Orlando Health and Advent to move critical patients out that don't need to stay in ICU, but can rehab in more of a specialty type facility. Right, because some of them have, still have ventilators. Right, and right. And in fact, that's that. the big issue. Remember years ago, they had these pure specialty ventilator well, hospitals? There was one right by my old office when, okay, when Advent okay. was Florida Hospital. Right, right. And it was right by the administrative yeah. building, which is gone now. Yeah. And they were going to have to move that. Yeah. And so I wonder if yeah. the, if they divested in that space. I don't know. Uh, I remember when I lived in Jacksonville years ago and it was in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. There was a, in the south side area, it was called Specialty Hospital of Jacksonville, and it was strictly a ventilator hospital. Yeah, it was always confusing because a lot of, like in the Northeast, a lot of the specialty hospitals are like the orthopedic hospitals. Right, right. Not you didn't rehab. Know what it was. Yeah. That's right. That's but yeah, that, that'll be, that'll be interesting. It so, so Upshot is a developer. Yes. And so they do mm-hmm. a lot of different real estate projects. And so I, I drove by that yeah. sign for the longest time yeah. and wasn't 
quite clear on what was going on, but they started having some marketing meetings okay. uh, with, with the Yeah, the uh, builders space, are so. Jameson Commercial Partners. You mm-hmm. probably know those guys. But I don't know Scion. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. Under, evidently, Scion is their corporate name, and Scion Health actually has 79 hospitals in 25 states, including 10 in Florida. Hmm. This will be the 11th one in Florida. So I wonder what the, the physician model is there. That'll be... Uh, be something to say. Well, I, would. I would expect they want to work with the local physicians in the community. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect that. Interesting. You no, wouldn't. No, I suspect that they have a they have a staff because that's going to be, be interesting. That's yeah. going to be a full time job, right? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, you're going to have your your chief medical officer, and you're going to have to have people that are there right. available on shifts. So, so I well, would I'd be surprised. Well, it's interesting. The the hospital says it's going to serve chronic pulmonary disease, neurology and Parkinson's as as well as Alzheimer's and some cardiac and kidney. So they do some so they're going to upset the uh, entire care, you know. specialist community is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I I would <laughs> you know, it's a place for patients to go that may be have a difficult time to place, but I would be surprised if the the practicing physicians have any any input have there. Any input. I think they'll just yep. be referrals. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll I wonder have to if they'll hire their own primary care doctors too then. Well, I mean, they're not they're not specifically delivering primary care, well, that's you know, true. right? It's it's yeah. really a specialty care yeah. for rehab. Yeah. So they'll yeah. they'll need geriatricians, right? Uh, PM and right. R uh, and and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I I would imagine that depending on you know where their numbers go, because uh, a facility like that could fill up very quickly. Yes, and because your turnover rate is low. Well, and again, the hospitals want to get these patients out under their DRG. Right. Right. As we well know. And the, yeah. the, so the big question is, will they take Medicare and right. Medicaid? Right. Oh, I'm sure they will. I, well, I don't know about uh, Medicaid. Yeah. You know they'll take Medicare. Uh, you, would, you would think. You would think. think. You would yeah. think. So. Yeah. Yeah. But those are, those are all the yeah. questions we have to answer. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Market didn't mention anything about serving the Medicaid population, which is yeah. a big part of this. Right. So I wonder, yeah. I mean, when you look at, we, we have some very successful hospital systems so why wouldn't they do this all on their own? I agree. And yep. and so yep. now we have another group coming in and maybe that that was all it was all it's all a plan because if they have a model that shows better success mm-hmm. than the hospital having to design a model, yep. then perhaps that makes sense, but that just doesn't seem like Orlando yep. medical care as I've seen it over the last right. three decades. You mean collaborative medical care? Yes, That's yes, it. yeah, exactly. Have, have somebody new yeah. come in, right? And and you know, add a player to the pot. Well, that the leadership at Scion indicated that because of the sub- significant growing population in Central Florida, that the patients are there. Oh, no doubt, no yeah, doubt. We know that, but yeah. but if this is a a need and it's a it's you know. If it's successful and it's profitable, yep. I yep. just can name yep. a couple of groups that are really interested in successful and profitable medical right. endeavors right. And, and have the the money yep. to do it. You Why know? wouldn't the pulmonologist do this on their own? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's the, not the, a hospital; they could do it. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if they'd be able to own it, but but if they they uh, put it together. And some, I mean, they could some kind of a joint calling, venture. Maybe they're calling themselves a hospital. A yeah, well, it hospital. is called a hospital, but it's really not technically a hospital. I, I wonder if it's licensed that way. Um, and so I would, I would say it would probably be difficult for it to be physician owned. Exactly. If it's, and, if it's, and, and then even if it, hospital. even if it was, yeah. you're looking at a huge capital investment. How many square feet were they talking uh, 90, about? Ninety thousand square feet. Yeah. So I mean, ninety thousand square feet of specialty space. Yeah. 
is going to uh, going to run seventy five million dollar investment. I would have thought it was even more than that. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're saying. Yeah. And then add to that, yeah. Well, so I mean, so seventy five million dollars for a, a pulmonary group. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that's that's a lot of risk. Actually, to be taken. I think you hit on something, Doctor Mark. The total facility is going to be one hundred and sixty five thousand square feet. Right. So there must be a medical right. facility. That's there what I think. Well. So this is yeah. this is just yeah. part. This is yeah. part of it. Yeah. But that was the part that would make the best news. So I yeah. guess that's what yeah. that's what gets it out there. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some healthcare trends for 22 through 24 and we're also going to talk about a very interesting topic dr mark how your personality type affects your overall health you're listening to Healthcare now the truth about u.s Healthcare. our website is behind healthcarenow.com that's behind healthcarenow.com we'll be right back you're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion, on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. This is Dr. Mark, and I'm here with Larry Jones. We're going to talk about eight healthcare trends to monitor in 2022 to 2024. So only eight. Well, well may, maybe we can make up a few extra. I'm as sure we go there's along. probably more in there somewhere that, between but, the lines. But eight, eight made the yeah. list. So yep. let's let's go. And I know that uh, it's been a while in these Th- in these we've 90 shows. About this. Yeah, but yeah. we've talked about most of these topics. And I, I tend to think that you know when we did the the January issues yep. that that some of the stuff came up because I know the first one is that artificial intelligence begins to disrupt healthcare, and we've seen that for a while now. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about that mm-hmm. a, a lot. And let me just say, you know, disruption isn't necessarily a negative thing. No, okay? not at all. So in this in this term, we're talking about change, and it's just dramatic change, yep. uh, which I, I think most would argue that if you look at different systems that require a, a disruptive approach, mm-hmm. um, one of them is absolutely healthcare, Without a doubt. Yeah. The other well, one, you know, it's the other interesting. would be centralized government, you know, we're but that's a, another we're, topic. We're a $4 trillion industry uh, in in this country, mm-hmm. but globally, healthcare has already surpassed this year ten trillion dollars globally. Ten trillion. Ten yeah. trillion. I, I really can't wrap my head around. That I know one. that's a lot of money. Still, but, still less than our our national debt. But uh, well, that's three times <laughs> our national debt hit thirty two yeah, trillion dollars. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyway, well, let's not go there. But yeah, so so AI and you know we're looking at it. There's a there. There's always something in the news about how we can use AI, whether it be for better care delivery, right? Or more specifically, I think in a lot of these cases is it's going to pertain to record keeping, yep. follow up, 
closure of uh, care yeah. gaps and all those kinds of things. And, so and it's really going to be important uh, to us. And even clinical diagnostics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big well, time. I'm saying in, in the yeah. clinical care. That well, was, you know, that was the interesting part is the biggest investment in healthcare over the last three years has been in the AI field. Right. Well, there are a lot of things that fit in that field, too. So it's yeah. kind of it's a little yeah. unfair yeah. because a lot of people talk about augmented intelligence is, is the is the term they like to use yep. in medicine as opposed to artificial intelligence. Yep. But when they look at things like reading uh, breast exams, that they can actually work algorithms to where things can get picked up more specifically, you know, by this augmented intelligence yep. as opposed to just having somebody read it in the traditional yep. traditional method. Well, so they're still going to have the radiologists, of course. you know, but the, the AI is going to hopefully help them pick up on a visual abnormality. So then they kind of go back and go, oh, okay, yeah, right, right there. Sure. Right, that's right. right. Well, just to give you an idea how accelerated this entire AI industry is, Dr. Mark, currently it's at about 404 million in 2018. Mm-hmm. By 2029, expected to be nearly $10 billion. Yeah. Yeah. Huge it's, it's increase. Def- definitely moving. Yeah. Okay. That'll, that'll, that'll be interesting. Yep. All right. What do we got next? Well, the next one, healthcare becomes more personalized. So like the opposite. Yes. You know, it's, it's, like, right. it's a completely opposite. So personalized healthcare, it's all about the idea of customizing medical yes. treatment for an individual patient's need. And that need can be defined by, by what the disease is, what their genetics are like. Um, it can be, you know, something yeah. about their, their, pers- you know, their, their family situation, well, the all DNA, these things. DNA, genetic testing, yeah. like 23andMe. Mm-hmm. And again, the other piece of it is basically having access to your medical record, Dr. Mark. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's your it's what your situation is. If you're in a uh, you know family of four and you're you're employed and you're trying to track all these different things, it would be nice to be able to have a centralized way to yep. to track your appointments, yep. to track your lab results. Right. And right now, pretty much every doctor that you go to has a portal. That's and, right. And you can log in. But that's the yep. problem. Every doctor you have right. has a portal, and without some continuity. How many passwords and portals are you going to use? And as America ages, as we know that's happening, how many of these people, when they get in their 70s and 80s, are even going to consider using that portal? You better you better start calling 80s and 90s. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that. Okay, I got it. But yeah, but the uh, you're right. 80s and 90s for sure. I mean, it's not it's something that needs to happen, and you're you don't see any of the healthcare products that don't offer that, any of the EMR yep. products, any of the chart, chart management products. That's right. They, they all offer it, and it's some of them are better than others, yeah. no, no question. But I think, you know, the answer is going to be, you know, sort yeah. of timely because uh, yep. Advent Health just launched their Epic yep. here, here locally this week. Mm-hmm. They've launched it on some of their other campuses previously. Yep. Uh, but, but so now we have the two main hospital systems both on a related system with Epic, yep. um, and we have the ability – to look at records from both places yeah. if you're a doctor or one. Right. Now, your portal, I, I would I would ask this question. I would I would mm-hmm. I would guess that if you are a client in the system and you you access your portal at Epic at one of the hospitals, if you went to the other hospital, I wonder if you have that same ability to access your records there without yeah. going on to that yeah. hospital's portal. And and what know. are we we're talking about number 1 or, or number 2 is personalized healthcare yet we're talking about everything done by computer. Oh for sure. Yeah, no. So where's ironic. the irony yeah, in that? Yeah, Dr. There, there's some serious irony in that. <laughs> That's why they, you know we we go back to the AI yeah. and so without without AI we won't have anything personalized. Right. So yeah, I think we might yeah, you I think you're right Larry. I think you're on to something. We may have to uh, change 
that and because it's not so much personalized as in as yeah. in an emotional personalization. Exactly. It's, it's just trying to yeah. do the appropriate handshake. Yeah. The, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of uh, drug testing out there where they'll test you individually to mm-hmm. see what your reaction to a particular medication might yes. be. Yes. And there's a products there's a couple of products out there where if you're about to have anesthesia, you can out of pocket because it's not covered by insurance. Okay. You can take a test that's going to sort of classify your sensitivities to so different drugs. So what's the drugs. best product to use for you what's, personally? What, yeah, what, what, I got it. what isn't going to work at all? Because you know, okay. some people aren't okay. affected by certain things as right. much as others. And so now it's not like you can go out and take the test and you bring it to your anesthesiologist and say, oh, here, by the way, this is how you personalize my anesthetic. Mm-hmm. You have to work with them. So they end out ordering the test. And you have to have it done, so it's not going to be done if there's an emergency. It's, okay. you know, it has to have a lead right, time. Right, right. But that's another technology of personalizing medicine. And yeah. I can imagine that even though right now it's fee-for-service. Yeah. That's the genomic side of medicine, right, in um, some regards. In some regards, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and so that all those things aren't currently covered by right. uh, by any type of uh, health care coverage. Well, you know, this but eventually 20, it will. Yeah, right. And you know this 23andMe, when you talked about the uh, – uh, financial piece of this, twenty three and Me when it first came out, the DNA testing cost you a thousand bucks. It's already down to two ninety nine, and you can actually get a DNA test from them from anywhere from sixty to a hundred dollars now, Doctor. Now Mark. it was two ninety nine in two thousand twelve. Now it's uh it's about fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can do. Yeah. Um, you can do uh, for I think a hundred or hundred fifty, and they run specials. And we, we should say there's more than one company out there. Yeah. So Ancestry dot com does yeah. a similar thing. And they, you can do just that genetic evaluation where you're looking for relatives, or you can do the medical. Right. Where, and I'll tell you, it is robust. Yeah, they cover, oh, it is. They cover a lot of things. Yeah. But I think what's going to be really cool with that is, like, during COVID, they were sending out questions to all their clients, and they're asking Things like, you know, did you get COVID? Did you get a vaccine? Did anyone in your family get COVID? Right. How many right. of your family got COVID? And so they're going to be able to crunch a huge amount of data mm-hmm. and come up with some things like, well, this is what your exposure risks are if someone right. in your family gets it. It'll be it'll be real data, and that's that's yeah. what they're up to. And I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing some results from all those. Sure. Things. Well, you know, talking about uh, searches, Google reports that. Over the last five years, there's been over a 20% increase in search on the Internet for DNA kits. Yeah, 20%. Okay. Yeah. I guess pe- people have trouble uh, trouble spelling DNA at times, yeah. I guess, but they'll, they'll figure it out. Right, yeah, right, but right. No, that's good. That's fair. You know, next, Dr. Mark, wearables devices yeah, are going to really become that. mainstream. Remote patient monitoring. Yeah, so, I mean, right now, I would say in every every household, somebody's – got a Fitbit of some sort exactly. or their Apple Watch yep. or Samsung's yep. got their version. Right. And so those things aren't for medical monitoring. They're for individual monitoring. But they will be. But they will be. That's yeah, right. You That's can right. actually uh, – yep. there, there are some there's some offices and some studies that are being done uh, where you can actually use some of those commercial products. And well, have you know, the monitored. FDA in 2018 actually approved the Apple Watch for as a medical device. Right, it was for one specific thing. Yeah. So it could right. detect – Atrial fibrillation. Right, right. So you can have, I mean, we could sit here and do it right now. You can do an EKG just by mm-hmm. putting your, your two finger finger and thumb on your watch. That is wild. And, and it's if you're looking at it, it's it's pretty it's pretty nice. It's a nice printout. Mm-hmm. And if you were having things like PVCs or 
or things mm-hmm. like that. You could also see them, yep. but the AI built yep. in only officially recognizes atrial fibrillation, which right. is important to right. recognize. Yep. Uh, but the uh, the other piece that you're not going to be able to do at this point, but eventually you will, mm-hmm. is someone who's having an active heart attack. Right. That you could right. actually be able to have that AI mm-hmm. pick up on that. I actually had a friend in South Florida who's actually in the healthcare field who, because of his Apple Watch, identified he was having AFib. Yeah. And he no, got treated and he's be. fine. Yep. That should be. Yeah. And then that's the issue with, with AFib. You want to catch it early. So you don't develop any clots in the atrium that get get going in a bad way, and, right. and then you end out in a lot of in a lot right. of hot water. Yep. So so that that is an interesting thing, and I, but I think it's going to not. I think it, it's going to get a lot more complicated than that. Um, yes. There there are definitely blood pressure monitors, sugar monitors. Eventually, we'll be able to do all lab testing, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to do it remotely. Yep. So that's that's a very that's yep. a very exciting piece. It kind right. of fits in with that technology it and does. AI piece. And, you know, right along with remote patient monitoring, virtual health care, as we know, has exploded. The telehealth industry is now over almost a $17 billion industry, Dr. Mark. Yeah, and, and we talked about that in the opening segment, how, yeah. you know, we're, this is now still going to be paid for. But, I mean, as an investor, you got to be pretty nervous about the fact that there's an end date, right? So, right, so right. If, we, if, if there's a $16, $17 billion industry we're dealing yeah. with, if suddenly – Insurance doesn't pay for it. That's going to crush oh. it. It's, I mean, it's going to be devastating. And not only that, uh, digital healthcare consumer survey in 2020 indicated that 62 percent of healthcare consumers prefer virtual healthcare at some point in time. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a kind of open-ended question. Yeah. At some point, it's going to fit. That's right. And it, and it depends on what you're getting it done for. But yeah. I mean, it goes back to that comments that we had in the first segment. They've got to make yep. this. Just what a, a normal part of healthcare today in America. Exactly. You know, exactly. Got to play it out that way. All right. What's next? The next big one, and we've all heard it many times: social determinants of health. Yes, coming into focus. Oh, yeah. huge topic. Well, in I, th- I think the key there is going to be we're teaching it in the medical schools, yep. we're teaching it in right. the residencies, and so going forward, yep. you're just going to see that as part of of your chart, as part of your your questionnaires, your intakes, yep. and and we're we're only at step one, though, Larry. We're, that's right. we're at recognition. We're not at an action step right, yet. Right. But that's the first step. Well, as you know, we've incorporated a social determinant health survey in all of our case management right. with our, in our value-based right, programs. which is fantastic. Yeah. But, the, but, but like everyone else, we haven't really added what are we going to do with that information. Right. When there's a trigger point that, yes, this yeah. is an issue. How does it make a difference? Yeah, yeah. and, and, and that's, that's the next point, yeah. and that's something that, that I look forward to. I think that's, yeah. that's going to come very quickly, I believe. Once the data is rolling in and, and you can look at it across communities, yeah. I, 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 I feel confident it. that that's the next thing. That's We're going to finish this conversation up and get in a little bit about how personality affects your health when we come back, Dr. Mark. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is BehindHealthCareNow.com. That's BehindHealthCareNow.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. 
Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Last but not least, we're on the fourth segment, and we're going to finish up uh, this uh, eight healthcare trends to monitor in 2022. Right. What do we get up to? We're at, we're at number well, six. Well, we were talking about social determinants of health, right. and that leads right into mental health is becoming a serious priority. And as you know, health disparity and health equity is at the top of everybody's mind in healthcare today. Right. And, and again, this ties back into that telemedicine, because we know with, with mental health visits, the telehealth visits were the big, big, big winner here. People felt, I mean, you can only imagine that that it was easier access when you're trying to seek help here. It may be hard to, to leave your house. In fact, that may be what you're looking to seek yep. help for. That's right. So just more and more reasons why we need to continue this on yeah. permanently. And but, I think it's so appropriate today that we can announce that they've extended Telehealth through 2026. Yeah, but but not enough. 2024. 2024. I mean, uh, you're right. 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it needs two it, more it, years. It yeah. just needs to. It needs to be on the should books be a permanent fixture books. of healthcare. No question. And I think yep. the way to do it is the insurance companies. Once one big insurer does it, then they're going to follow, and then right. the government will follow, and that'll take care yep. of the other half yep. of the population. Yep. So yep. I mean, that's what we need to do. Right. All right. What's next? Well, the next one is corporate healthcare is going direct. There are more and more insurers out there today, Dr. Mark, who are disbanding their traditional health care program and going to a self-insured market. Sure. And all these groups like like Amazon yep. and CVS and all the all the groups everybody's that trying to get a piece up, of that. They are including us. At, yeah, yeah, absolutely. With our absolutely. Alliance Health program yep. that we're rolling out in the fall. Yeah, and I think it's all gonna the amount of personalization that is achieved by these groups, that will determine who wins. That will determine who keeps on clients. And you know, if you can if you can personalize this care and have the 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 companies and the patients feel like that's being cared, you know, the care is being delivered in the way they want it to be delivered. Right. That that's going to be the win. And then you got to figure out how to do it by keeping your overhead low. Exactly. So, so those those yep. are the pieces. And that fits right into the last one that we're talking about: healthcare being unbundled. And what we mean by that, Dr. Mark, is now more and more Americans want to choose the coverage that they have right. and not be set into a specific health plan with with assigned benefits. They want to be able to pick and choose their benefits today. And more and more plans, particularly in the ERISA self-insured market, offer those programs. Well, this is the opposite of Obamacare, right? That's exactly so right. When Obamacare yep. was enacted – we had mandatory coverage yep. on whether it was mental health, mandatory coverage yep. for pregnancy. Yep. So people were screaming, you know, I'm a 17-year-old male. I yep. don't need coverage yep. for pregnancy. For OBGYN. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, right. So, I mean, all this all this stuff that was really just completely the opposite yep. of this. So I and don't some know. people didn't want drug and uh, rehab uh, benefits separated. Yep. separated. Right, yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, so I think that it's it's like car insurance. Right. So right. so you're going to you're going to pick your deductible like you do in car insurance, but you're also going to pick your coverage. And I, I mean, I don't know. People have to be wise. It's it's yep. just going to depend on what the price points are. And exactly. all those price points yep. will be it's it's so tightly calculated in the insurance companies 
that yep. they, they, they'll know exactly yeah. what their percentage win and yeah. loss is. And there's an annual trend uh, piece to that that pops in every year in a in a reassignment of a program from year to year with the with the main major payers. And that annual trend factor right now, Dr. March, 12 percent. That is going up 12 percent. Yeah. That's all built into the actuarial analysis of every single plan that's being reevaluated for a new premium. In you know, the I can year. tell you that I look back on what my premiums were over the last you know, 10 years, yeah. and, and you did. Yeah. You saw a 10 to 15%. Yeah. I, that's, right. that's, that's tracking. That's right. spot on. But there's another piece of unbundle that I want to talk about for just a second, and we can talk about this at length because we see it. There are 9,300 urgent care centers in America today, just under 10,000. And there's how many hospitals? There's, uh, I mean, uh, major hospitals. There's, there's really not even 600. I mean, major 600, systems. Yeah, 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 major systems. Major yeah. systems. Yeah. But almost 10,000 urgent care centers. And the difference is about a third of the cost. Wow. If not, le- maybe mm-hmm. a fifth of the cost. An average urgent care visit, 150 bucks. An average ER visit, $3,500. Except when you're... Urgent care is owned by your hospital. Exactly. And so that's, that's a big part that, that, you know, we, we, we were, uh, we were meeting with one of the insurance companies we work with the other day yes. and the topic of, of loss when, when patients went to an urgent care yeah. and then an ER. Yeah, and we're then talking about inpatient, admitted. overall inpatient cost, Right. Yep. So, yep. so we're saying, how do you, how do you close that gap of we've already, we've got a patient that, that can't go in to see their primary care or chooses not to, and they go to an urgent care center but if that urgent care center is tied to a hospital, number one, they're more Facility likely, fees. yeah, yep. they're more likely to be sent over to the ER. Yep. Number two, the facility fee is going to be a higher number because it's a hospital-based entity, even though it's calling itself an urgent right. care. And number three, once they get to that ER, they're a higher chance of being admitted. Exactly. Right? So exactly. all those things are going to come and into play. And the stats big prove time. exactly oh, what you just said. Yeah, I'm yep. not. This yep. is yep. not a conspiracy this isn't theory. Con- this is fact. That's right. This it's is pure fact. Pure fact. Yep. So, so I'm I'm very concerned that the urgent the you know, urgent care was the cure because it wasn't mm-hmm. the the physician's office that was either not open or too busy to see a client, right? And it wasn't the ER. But now, when it's got a different sign on the front, but they yeah. say it's an urgent care center, you know, that's it's 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 not it's and, not. And it's you not know, Doctor Mark, going. to take that one step further now. The real thing that's popping up is not necessarily urgent care centers, but freestanding ERs. And right. I'm just wondering how much of that is going to be sent well, back that, to the main station no, that, ER. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The yeah. freestanding yeah. ERs yeah, are being ERs, looked yeah. at by the patient as an urgent care, right. but they're not. But they're not. They're, they get that's the right. same ER dollar that you get in the in the ER that's, that's attached right. to the hospital. Absolutely. So so that's where that's where all that confusion comes yeah. in. For and sure. then and then you're going to get treated at a freestanding ER, and if it's uh, serious, you're going to be sent to the hospital anyway. For sure. Or maybe yeah. even if it's not. And, and I will tell you, ERs are, and you've seen it. They're popping up all over Orlando. Oh yeah. I mean, they've got. There's two new ones right out Reinhardt Road and Lake Mary right now. Yeah. Yep. Oh, they're not even new anymore. They're yeah, just, that's they right. Just Orlando keep, Health just, and Advent are and, right next door to each other and they're both building actually if you go down reinhardt uh-huh uh, did this it the other day total medical total now. medical and yeah. it's and you can go down and you first first one if you're going north to south 
you'll see Advent Health. Yep. And then there'll be some building over there, and you'll realize, oh, that's an Orlando Health Medical yep. Center. Yep. And then yep. the next thing's going to be, oh, well, there's a, there's a uh, Advent Health something else, that's right. radiology. And then health, you've and got then, a huge then, physician uh, associates complex yep, so. on one side and Advent Medical Group on the other right. side. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's I know. crazy. There's going to, and eventually those freestanding ERs will petition to, to build beds. And there'll be hospitals. Yep. That's, that's already yep. happened in Winter Garden. And and you can tell by the space they've bought out in those areas that there's room for significant expansion. Yeah, man, we missed out. Why didn't we buy all that land? Gee, I don't know. Uh, they would have gone somewhere else. They would have gone right. somewhere else. They could have gone one, one street over. That's right. But you do. I do yep. see that, and I do worry a great deal about that. And I know that uh, you know the the Florida Medical Association is uh, meeting in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that they do is they they actually come up with different resolutions to support and they go to the state legislature and say you know we'd like to see this this get done and one of the things that they're talking about has to do with the surprise billing mm-hmm. uh clause yep. and, and they want they're they're concerned about things like these urgent care centers not you know not playing out and not really being what they're supposed to be financially and then they're also concerned about whether or not you know, if somebody is an outpatient, they're admitted as an outpatient status, but they actually go and transfer them over to an inpatient status, and and that becomes a surprise as well. But what do you do at that point? Yeah. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you, you can't. You say, well, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go home. Right. So the real the real answer is coverage. Right. So what is their coverage going to be? And yeah. and so the thing things like that. The legislature has to think about and, exactly. And so all the state legislatures yep. start looking yep. looking at this. It's exactly. About that, about that well, time. you know, I mean, there's so many things when you start talking about state budgets. We already know that Medicaid is forty to forty five percent of our total hundred and six billion dollar Florida budget today, and we haven't even expanded Medicare like seventeen other states, like the other uh, thirty three have. Well, that was the irony because because yep. our governor at the time said we're we're not going to do that. Yep. And right. Governor Scott at the time, Senator Scott now, yep. and he said, we're not going to do that because if we do, we'll be bankrupt in the next number the of years. Well, yep. I mean, our budget's still still seeing a lot of yep. lot of drag on it, yep. and without us doing that. Yeah, I can't imagine yep. how this, the other states are. Of course, Florida is a huge state. Yep. Over, over and growing people. like crazy with right. Medicare right. So, population. So, I mean, we're, we're unique. I'm sure there are a lot it of is. states out there where they, they did not pick up a lot of that, right? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a huge yeah. volume, and and if it keeps people out of the ERs, then yeah. it's well, a, it's, it's interesting a because I'm not sure the media gives you the true story of why Florida hasn't expanded Medicaid. All they do is get the bad press from the media because they haven't. In reality, in the first ten years of that expansion, the government would pick up. The feds would pick right. up a significant portion, but after that ten year period, the cost of Medicaid would be more than our complete state budget today. So I think most governors would tell you that offers like that are are just a poison pill. That's right. Because the same thing happened, same governor, same government, the same thing happened when they said, listen, we're going to, why don't we build a, a high-speed train and connect Orlando and Tampa, right? Right. And remember, it was, right. it was Governor Scott. Exactly. Once again, that said, we're not going to do that because even though we're going to pass up whatever that $80 billion Yep, it, we're going to lose money in the long run yep. because we'll build it. We for did free. lose some money because we didn't expand Medicaid, right. yep. but again, it kept our budget intact. Oh, for sure, for sure. Even though we so spent forty percent, it was looking on at the long game, yep. Yep. right? And so, not 
not everybody in the executive positions yep. are looking at the long game. Right. So I think that was the right thing. And now that's actually that, that light rail yep. or that high speed rail yep. is supposed to happen through a private equity group. It is. And I think Virgin Atlantic is the big nah, funder. Yeah, that was, nah, as it turns no. out, it wasn't. So, oh, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was, uh, they were doing. Uh, You're talking about it, the high speed train? Yeah, high speed train. Yeah. But, so yeah. Virgin okay. Atlantic was involved in South Florida. And the story was okay. that Branson got got involved with that same company. I'm, I'm right. blanking on that name. but okay. And Branson said that that he did have an association, and the company says that he didn't. But at mm. this point, uh, as last I heard, Branson's not involved in, 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 in the tracks that take, it, to, that take it yeah. up up the East yeah. Coast and then across you know, mm-hmm. from, from well, if you go the Cape if all the way to Tampa. If you go across the beach line, no, you there. can see it being built. Oh, it's be, being built. Yeah, it's being, being built. Being but built. It's, In fact, it's, it's well on its way to being finished. Yeah, it's being built by that one yep. that yep. one company. I wish I wish you could remember the name. Yep. One of our caller, one of our uh, listeners, could uh, let us know. Yep. And but again, when you look at public transportation and you look at governmental funding of healthcare, you see the same thing. We it, it doesn't make any money. Right. 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 And which is crazy because then you get private equity involved and both in healthcare and yep. in transportation. Yep. And somehow they make money, Larry. It all gets convoluted. Yep. It's crazy days. You know, Dr. Mark, we didn't get to personality, how it affects your health. We're going to do that next week. Okay. But the one thing I want to remind our listeners, get your annual wellness visit, get your baselines, see your primary care, make sure you have a primary care physician and take care of your health. Take see care. you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.